0: that ship! Blast him!
1: Hello, my friends, and welcome to our second episode of Armor Party. I am your host, Mike Forster. And before we get started with my second guest, I just wanted to stop and say thank you so much to everyone who liked, commented, shared the podcast with John Rodriguez. As we're getting this podcast off the ground, it means the world to know that we're putting out content that means something to people. And for the people that we have on the show, interact with them. Let them know that you enjoyed their conversation because they're just like you. They're just like me. They're bringing Star Wars to life. If there's someone that you'd love to see on the show, feel free to let us know. We have a couple guests lined up, but we really want to make this pretty fluid. So reach out, let us know who we should talk to. I'm sure we'd agree. And with no further ado, let's kick this second conversation off. I'm very excited to bring you this episode. Our guest today joins us from the Panhandle of Florida. He's a father and a veteran, and what started as a side hobby to satisfy his inner nerd turned into a full-time job for this talented Sith of the seams, Mike Quinones. Welcome to the Armor Party. Hey, thanks for having me, Mike. <laughs> so, Mike, as we as we get started here, so kind of give us just a little bit of background. So, you're in the you're in the Panhandle, and are you in one yeah. of the squads? What costuming club are you part of?
0: So we are of course Florida Garrison. Uh our squad is the Parge Squad. Um and then of course I'm with uh, the Rebel Legion is the Rakura base here. Uh and I haven't dabbled in the Mercs yet. I got my Mandalorian costume, <laughs> but I just haven't made it there yet. But uh yeah, my, my business has got me going pretty busy.
1: Well I've gotta I've definitely gotta talk about that. So Mike started a business that was it's called the dark side closet if you haven't checked them out you have to see his work because it's absolutely incredible it's it's been one of my favorites and i love that it's right here in the states because you know i can i can see the updates i can see how much you're making i can see what you're who you're working on and and we'll get into that a little bit later but before we get into that mike what's your what's your star wars story man like how did how did all this craziness get started
0: it started with uh episode three i mean i've I'm a little, I'm older, but not that old when the the originals came out. I'm sorry, not episode three, episode one. <laughs> uh, so when when that came out, me and my brother went out to uh, the movies and, and we saw it there. Man, I, I fell in love with Maul and, and then that whole story. And he's like, my brother's older, and he's like, well, let's go back and watch the you know the rest of them, you know. And that's when I fell in love with them there. Uh, and it, it kind of, I was always a Star Wars fan, sure, growing up. Um, The whole costuming thing didn't really play out until uh, episode seven came out when, you know, it started popping back off with Star Wars. It's getting really popular again. Uh, I like that Kylo Ren costume. I was like, man, that's that's pretty sick helmet. And then, you know, so it started off from there uh, was making costumes and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, it was episode one uh, there that that started this whole Star Wars venture, I guess I say. Yeah, so
1: the so the Phantom Menace turned into the Phantom Thread, and then eventually you're yeah. in, in led you up to this point. So so tell give us a little bit of background on Dark Side Closet, if you don't know, they are a sewing specialty shop among other props, but most popular for you is a lot of the undersuits and, and the capes yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. so what how did you kind of find your niche? Was it the Kylo Ren costume? Or how did, that, how did you that's find where yourself? it all
0: started? Yeah, that's where it actually all started, was Kylo Ren. Um, I know everybody's like, hey, where'd you learn to show? Did your mom or your grandma? It's was like, no, I actually learned uh, when I was in the Navy. <laughs> I was a, a parachute rigger, so our job was to repair parachutes, life preservers, uh, you know, all the cool stuff, which I never did. I was sitting there making tool pouches and sewing on patches for, you know, for flight uh, the, the pilots and stuff like that. Uh, so that's why I learned how to sew. But, yeah, so this whole costuming stuff started with my kylo ren i had made the costume man i made that costume maybe like five different times with different materials and then finally i got it to where i, I really enjoyed it uh and then it's just people started asking me hey well can you make me one i was like well yeah sure I, I can definitely do that and then they went on to a shore trooper and all the soft parts for the shore trooper stuff and like hey man that's really nice man can you, you can you make me one <laughs> I was like, Yeah, so I kind of just started my Facebook page from there just to kind of keep track. And and honestly, man, it just kept growing and growing without three, four years later, you know, here I am doing it full time now.
1: So were you a costume club member? Like, you know, did, did that transition? Like, did did you know about the costume clubs? Did you know about the Legion before you started getting into this? Or was this kind of like, I'm just going to build this costume and then someone, saw you and was like hey have you ever considered joining or like did you what was your awareness of like the costuming clubs so that's where yeah i didn't know too much about
0: the 501st um when i started building my costume i just kind of wanted to build it for myself and and it was you know going out to halloween and and comic cons and stuff like that uh eventually As I got, you know, into my third and fourth time of making that Kylo Ren costume, I got into more details. And then I found about the 501st and all the stuff that they offered and the reference pictures. And that's where I was like, well, hey, man, this is so cool. You know, all the stuff that they do, the charity, man. And there's a lot more people that, you know, it's just not Comic-Cons and Halloween. Right. (laughs) You know, I mean, even tonight I'm going to a a parade that we're going to do as well, dressing up. And it's just like, you know, it it was really piqued my interest to join. And it was so awesome.
1: Yeah, I love that. And I always find it's fascinating when people kind of just start building a costume or you run into someone that's like, Yeah, I've actually just I watched some YouTube tutorials and they almost kinda seem like, you know, when you when you let them know that there are these forums that have this, you know, gosh, it's Yeah, the plethora of knowledge like It's incredible, isn't it? (laughs) So it always makes me appreciate when people just kind of go for it without having this prior knowledge that there's a club who in some ways has done a lot of the work. But I I absolutely love that tenacity just to say, hey, I'm going to go for it. So what I've got to ask you then is, so you originally started as repairing parachutes and doing all that kind of stuff. Just kind of making your way around a sewing machine is a lot different than eventually getting into patterning and all that. So what was, you know, what did you kind of learn in that process of actually building clothing versus you know, just saying, I got to repair a piece here and, and stitch up a patch here. And, like, what was that, that transition?
0: Yeah. That, that was always um, a trial and error kind of situation with me. I, I, I mean, honestly, everything I've done so far is kind of self-taught. Still to this day, I, I still draw out each pattern. Because everything here is made custom, you know, to each person. That's why it kind sure. of takes too long. Because, you know, each thing is directly to that person's measurements. So trying to follow follow a pattern for that, it's a little bit difficult, yeah. But usually, I end up just drawing it out, you know, by hand each time, each time I do it. Yeah, you know, I mean, I got a, a little box full of patterns that kind of will work with everybody. But most of the stuff here, man, it's it's just all hand drawn and and you know measured and remeasured again and stuff like that.
1: Man, this is a true fan shop. I'm like loving this because <laughs> you know you do see some people that their day job transitioned into their part-time job. Right. And so, you know, like for me with my side business Honda supply, it's like, I'm a graphic designer in my day job. So it makes sense that I'm able to kind of transition over and make graphics just for star Wars, something that I like, but I love this story of, of, you know, you have this, this sewing machine and you're like, Hey, I think I'm going to start making costumes with it. So I, I love this. This is so awesome. Um, and you you said before, so your current, probably most popular kits that you sell are, you can do Kylo's, and you said Shore Troopers, Death Troopers, mm-hmm. and the Mando suits.
0: Yeah, I haven't done, my Kylo's kind of died off. It, it hasn't been a while since I made one. Every once in a while, I'll get a, a customer that kind of wants one, but it, to, to kind of fit that in too, it's just, a, you know, I tell them it's, the materials are expensive and just to order for, one Kylo suit's really not kind of helpful to me here. Sure, um, but but yeah, so yeah. I, I mean, I got the Shore Trooper, the Tank Trooper, pretty much all of Rogue One troopers. Uh, I, once I fell in love with Rogue One. I mean, the Shore Trooper is my my all favorite. <laughs> uh, but but then after that, uh, the Mandalorian came out, and honestly, I wasn't even going to touch those. I was like, man, that's just too much work. I was like I don't even want to do it. I started sourcing out like myself. Sure. You know, other people to make the soft parts and right. I was like, "You know what? Let me just give it a shot." And it, it, eventually it you know, it came out. I'm not going to brag about myself, but it did come out really good.
1: <laughs> it is good. You can brag, Mike.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then from then on, you know, it's just people like said, "Hey, well, can you make me one?" I was like, "All right. Well, I guess I'll go ahead and start my my Mandalorian line and stuff like that." So it just kicked off from there, and and now so honestly, my Death Trooper was like my top seller. It was just like going crazy until this day. I still want to redo my Death Trooper, and then uh, with all the new upgrades that I've done now. Um, but now the Mandalorian, with that coming out, there's just a handful of uh of good quality costumes out there, and thankfully we're one, and, and it has just been skyrocketing. So awesome! Yeah,
1: that's awesome. <laughs> well, I think for so obviously, you and I can nerd out over the details. I think what most people don't really understand is Rogue One was such a kickoff for so many things because, you know, we had seen the original trilogy troopers get that mm. modern update, right? And if you would see in 4K the original trilogy stormtroopers, they are just Destroyed, You know, the, the bindings of them, the paint is chipping. They just, they look the horrible. The tape,
0: everything. Yeah. Everything.
1: Right. And so like, it's so interesting seeing the design decisions that Glenn Dillon and, and those guys had made where, you know, they have now the biggest thing I think is, and you can speak to this better, but it's that ribbing. In the undersuit that that almost looks oh, like yeah. a gasket, right? And so mm-hmm. it's really cool to see how it used to just be a, you know, basically an undersuit that was almost like a, a wetsuit undersuit that the original trilogy yeah. troopers wore. But now it has all these little details underneath the armor to look like a vacuum space suit, you know? Oh, yeah. And so, how was that for for you? And I've got to ask because I I love your work so much, and I love exactly like you said, it's those details. How do you mm. how do you do research on a, a kit that just comes out? How, like, what is that process like? Are you <laughs> are you screen grabbing stuff? Are you measuring? Like, how, is it is it just trial and error? Yeah. How do you do it?
0: Yeah, it's it's literally you know watching the show on my TV here, and then kind of you know screen grabbing and stuff like that. Google searching, tremendous Google searching you know, of of different angles and stuff that you can get to see where this ribbing was or this kind of stitching goes here or whatever. And then going to find the fabric, I mean, that takes days and days of researching. I mean, I guess you know, some people don't under really understand that. They're like, hey, you know, can I got this new project here. Can you make it for me? And I know it it sounds easy, but, you know, to get the quality that I would like to put out and to find the exact fabric they use, the, you know, the thread, the thread color, you know, all that. And then drawing the pattern out and stuff like Because, I mean, obviously you're not going to find this pattern online anywhere where you can just kind of print it out, put it on the fabric and cut it out. So, you know, most of the time you just got to make your own patterns and stuff like that or or draw it out by hand every time.
1: Yeah, Disney certainly doesn't release these things it's not like oh (laughs) you know they're not putting out the you know here's how to make the guide you know it's like they'll release everything else they can they can you know sell in that in that way of appreciation but not the not the actual you know the ip and what i think is really cool about the costuming community is that now at this point there are fans who originally were making this stuff that are now helping Mm -hmm. with the shows and so I think it's really cool that we've kind of come full circle oh, yeah. to realize that the costume yeah, so are awesome. just as mm-hmm. much a part of this this community.
0: Yeah, exactly, man. And then even even to this day, where exactly where I, if I see the costume designer's name, I go research them. If they got an Instagram or Facebook page, I'm like I'm following them to see if they have any teaser picks or anything like that. So, and it, yeah, it is, it is awesome to see like the the fans out there actually getting to work for Star Wars too. I mean that—that's really it. Keeps my hopes up high, yeah. <laughs>
1: uh, and I and I hope honestly that that one day that that does end up being something for you, Mike, because I, I I really do think that you have one of the. I, I'm building a Din Djarin right now, a, a Beskar oh, okay. version myself, and I had purchased a, a undersuit from Aaron Lander who passed away, and yeah, just yeah. kind of seeing you did great work too. Oh, for sure, and it, it and yeah. it was you know so I have this kit and I I feel bad. Um, you know, dying it because I I originally was gonna do you know the the scavenger armor and then eventually I mm-hmm. wanted to do the Beskar and so tell tell a little bit about I think what most people when you when you start to get into costuming you look at Star Wars in a completely different way and it's like your your nerd radar goes off and you're going wait a minute the the episode one episode two under suit was gray. <laughs> the three and four are brown like you know it's kind of like yeah. is the dress blue or black and i think that's been the most <laughs> hilarious argument i've seen oh in mandalorian my gosh. costuming <laughs> but like how, you know, what, yeah how do you what's your what's <laughs> your take on that like you know is it dyes is it the grading i mean how do you you know how do you truly like make a call to say <sighs> this is thread count do you photograph it do you look at it like how do you make these decisions yeah
0: it's just basically whenever i find i mean i got like A binder here man it's just like full of just samples that have been sent to me that way i can pick the right fabric that i end up choosing with but yeah with that that whole mandalorian uh, the one thing i kept saying was it's just this was a totally different way of filming you know because they had that that volume and it was nothing but led lights led screens you know to do the whole background and so i kind of think that threw a lot of lighting off because once you go out and I can't remember what episode it was where he teamed up with Boba and then they they took the baby and stuff. They were actually out in the field or, you know, outside filming that episode. And then there you can see it, you know, it's definitely like a darker brown kind of color.
1: It was the Um, Simi Valley episode with Robert Rodriguez. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Where the dark troopers take Grogu. Yeah, Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So that that was actually nice to see them actually outside filming and stuff. And I'm sure they've done it before. Uh, but I think that most of that episode was outside, which was really cool. And that's where I paid attention to was kind of looking at that one, too. But then again, that was season two. And with the 501st at that time, season two, he's a good guy. He goes off to the Rebel <laughs> Right,
1: right, so, right. Which is always funny. That uh, the politics of where these these characters end up according to their story <laughs> arc, right? Yeah, yeah, I'd say
0: just like man, season 1, season 2, either way he's the same character. I was like you know, it, it shouldn't matter what stitching goes with this one or or what color goes with that one. I mean, in the end you're going to look like the character and then you you know, you're doing a great cause, you know, with the club. So, um but yeah, back back with the samples, man, it's just it honestly it's it was just tons of research and then finding uh you know, all the samples coming in and then finding that perfect one. I mean, it just takes like honestly days and weeks.
1: And that process that I think is what most people don't understand. I mean, what I want to ask too, Mike, is, you know, the the costuming community, and especially you go into a different realm when you start taking people's money for commissions. Mm-hmm. And I have to applaud you because you are oftentimes, man, you're like, what, three, four, sometimes five, six weeks out in terms of the wait list, right? You're that busy.
0: Yeah. It's just, I mean, honestly, it just gets busy. And doing this full time, uh, you know, I didn't you know, I didn't know what to expect, you know, what what, you know, what to say. And then from working from home and like that and dealing with the kids and and then also trying to, you know, have time for my family as well as as much as we can. Right. But I mean, honestly, I mean I I try to work, like I said, sun up, sun down here and, and like most of this it just really takes time because each one is custom made. You know, you don't have, a, we don't have, like, really a size chart for you to pick, and you're like, oh, well, let me guess. Let me make sure, let me get an extra, extra large, you know, just in case. You know, here, you're going to make sure, and I'm going to make sure it fits you. If it doesn't fit you, I always say send it back. We'll either make you a new one, or, you know, if we can fix it, we can definitely fix it. You're going to get what you paid for here. I know it, it may take a little bit longer, but you're definitely going to get that quality that you paid for.
1: Well, and that's what I think is, you know, like I said, when you, when you start – Taking people's money, and mm-hmm. you get this wait list, and you know the the policies because we know that it's their their fan makers who are making this stuff. the The fans who are making these costumes mm-hmm. just understand most of them, at least understand that this process yeah. takes time, right? And, and exactly what oh, like yeah. you said, it's a custom thing that's made for your body. It's not off the shelf. You don't have ninety of these kits sitting in your closet ready to sell, and yeah, the process of doing that. You know, we see a lot of stuff where people, they don't want to spend any of their own money. And so they do pre-orders to basically buy the stock of whatever they need to buy, and then they go through and do it. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes they don't, they don't consider that something could go wrong. Right. And then all of a sudden those lead times are backed up. And I've noticed it a lot in the prop community where sometimes your reputation can mean everything and you're so transparent about being on who you're working for this week, who's <laughs> up next. And I think it gives oh, yeah. a lot of, you know, it gives a lot of comfort for your customers to say, okay, the communication is good because some of these other prop makers, it's like you give them money and you have no idea where they're at because communicate yeah. right and their communication isn't great. So, was that your process of how you how you transition and really handle this many waves of of costumes for people and this many orders, was that kind of Mm -hmm. a process in which you had to learn the hard way or is that kind of how you've always wanted to run your business? No, I mean, it was just
0: everything, you know, learning as you go, so to say, uh, doing this, um, the, the whole wait list, you know, kind of thing. And for most folks, everyone is understanding. And I, and I thank everyone for that. And then, and like I said, I try to be as most transparent as, as I can, because, I mean, I know I know how it feels to be on the other side waiting for something. Right. And, uh, you know, it's just I, I want to make sure everyone feels comfortable coming to me, you know, and giving me. It's not a cheap hobby. Definitely right. not. And then that's a lot of money that, you know, hard-earned money that people are forking out there. And so I want to make sure everyone is going to be taken care of and, you know, they know exactly, you know, where they're at or somewhat know where they're at or where we're at. Working on you know our our waiting list kind of thing, and uh, I mean, and I get a whole bunch of good feedback about that, and and I love it. And like I said, I I just I love the community because they they are most of them, ninety nine percent of them are very very understanding. And, and when it comes down to it, too, I I know people are so excited to get their costumes, and I'll even work with some of them. You know, if you need it by the end of the month, or you know, I know it's taking a little bit longer than we said. Because stuff does come up, you know, unfortunately. Right. That's the way life is. But, yep. you know, uh, I'll, I'll work with you, you know. And, and it's just, I just like helping other people's and being part of uh, other people's builds and costumes. I just love seeing my work out there. And I'm like, man, that looks so good. I mean, it looks better than mine. When I, and I love saying that most of the time. <laughs>
1: Well, I think that's it's hilarious though at, at the the costuming community because we're so so many of us are so dedicated to those details, it it cracks me up a little bit at how people will have no problem spending so much money on uh, a, a sideshow collectible, awesome hot toy figure <laughs> that they've made two thousand of it. People are like, "Oh, I bought I bought this four hundred dollar figure, no problem." And then Mm -hmm. someone's looking, you're making a custom costume built to their body. And it's like, hmm, I don't know if I can spend that money. I'm like, come on. If you're a nerd like us, this, (laughs) like you said, this hobby is not cheap, but it definitely, yeah, it definitely makes you realize like how, what you're really getting out of it. Because if you go to Galaxy's Edge, you're spending however much money for a size medium tunic for a Jedi versus a little bit more. You could get a custom suit made to yourself. It's like, that's incredible. Mm -hmm. So I I think it's just awesome to to see your offerings and also how high the quality for these suits. And and I really am excited to see what what more comes out of the Book of Boba Fett, Bad Batch, <laughs> everything that's coming out. Because yeah. it's a great time to be a Star Wars fan, even better time to be oh, a customer. Yeah. I, I feel like, man, we're just adding it. awesomeness to our repertoire of stuff that goes onto our build list, you know?
0: Oh, yeah. Yep. I'm so excited. And especially the Ahsoka. I got my wife's Ahsoka, you know, started. I haven't... So my customers come first. I always try to, uh, but you know, my wife's costume is sitting over there, about eh, sixty percent done. I mean, there's a few pieces that I have ordered, like her headpiece, that I Mm -hmm. I definitely don't have time to make myself, and and I understand. I mean, that one's actually taking long to come in too. But I mean, I'm not going to sit there and bug the, you know, because I I I know exactly what she's going through making those things, and you know, and dealing with the customers and stuff. So as long as she needs you know, just go ahead and take it. Cause it's, I mean, it's all about the quality. You know what I mean, I, I'll definitely wait and pay for the quality.
1: hundred percent. So let's, yeah. let's get into a little bit of nitty gritty too, with you, Mike, what, what, what's your equipment setup? Because I, I, for me, I love building the hard armor. I'll buy it from a person that either I like their business or I like mm-hmm. the look of their stuff, but, but the sewing part, man, I always think between an officer, like Making myself a hat or doing a shirt or something, what I that is 100% my white whale is learning how to sew. And like, <laughs> how, what would you say as far as getting into it and equipment? Like, what's your setup or like, how, How? what do you have for recommendations?
0: Uh, so what I always say, man, being a sewer, so you always got to think backwards because you're always thinking, you know, before I sew these two pieces together, I got to sew this together, flip it, turn it, and then sew it. You know, you, it's just a lot of thinking and drawing out on boards and and making sure everything fits there um so i i mean as for sewing the the machines i got i got two down here i got one workhorse here um i i literally got five six sewing machines um you know of course to do the edging the uh the the serger and then i got a workhorse here that kind of sews everything together and then I uh, actually just acquired a Juki that does, you know, all my top stitching and and throws through all my leather work and and you know my double size canvas and stuff like that. But yeah, five six sewing machines is, is I never <laughs> never thought I owned this many sewing machines at all. But uh, yeah, I man, it's just uh, it's it's a pretty good little little shop here.
1: That's awesome. So, so if someone's looking to get into, and, and I'm, I'm glad that you brought up the leather point, because I think for people who don't know the difference, leather is like, you, you're kind of in a different world as far as, you know, the, there's, there's a heavy duty sewing machine, and then there's mm-hmm. a machine that's designed to do leather. And that's because the thicknesses oh, yeah. can be, can be, you know, varied. And so, so if you could kind of give us a little bit of a breakdown. If I go into you know one of my big box stores and I buy the heaviest duty sewing machine, what am I going to get compared to what it would take for me to say you know build a, a let's say a Din Djarin undersuit or or a, a you know a custom smuggler jacket or something like that? What 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 would I, what would I need to to do that as far as machines go?
0: Um, I mean, it all depends. There's a lot of great machines out there. Uh, Conso, there's. Um, Genome, brothers, uh, usually what what I go for is what what they all do. I mean, I mean, it, it all does like the research, and that's why I picked that I have this genome uh, 412 QDC. That one does all kinds of weird stitching, odd stitching and stuff like that, the fancy stitching, uh, my surgery stitching, and then I needed something to go through, like you said, heavy duty stuff, leathers. the the duck canvas that I have because I fold that duck canvas you know over three or four times and I need something to do that and that's why I picked up uh, my Juki HD uh, that I have in the background right here that one is it's a little pricey that was about thousand dollars for that one but man it it was definitely worth a penny and I mean that that's what I actually learned on was it's an industrial sewing machine in the military is you know they had all those sewing machines because going through what we had to go through to pierce, you know, the, uh, the material, the Naga hide and all that stuff that they used to repair for the life preservers and all that stuff, right. uh, it definitely is definitely something you needed, you know, an HDA. Uh, but, but honestly, it's out there just, uh, I mean, like I said, there's a lot of good brands out there that make good sewing machines it, it really does depend on what kind of style or, you know, what you're actually looking for.
1: Right. Um, and there's you know, a, there's do. also, as far as, you know, it can be overwhelming in, in terms of looking for, uh you know leathers or or even especially with the Dinger and it's like man those leg wraps that he has that's like four or five different leathers on there right and yeah and, yeah and and it kind of seems like some of them were you know so we know that there's three stunt guys and then Pedro himself so they probably have about mm-hmm. five or six of those suits but it looks it looks like they they had some swatches in the back and said, We have enough to make some leg wraps, let's throw it together. And I almost think in ways <laughs> they kind of do it to punk the costuming community Is like, oh, good luck with this one, you know? Um, and that, that always kind of makes me laugh. But I, I feel like just kind of seeing and understanding that some of these fabrics, especially and just learning like, you know, six ounce, eight ounce, cotton twill, cavalry twill, all yeah, of these fabrics. All that. Like how do you what do you how do you learn, you know, is it just been through just touching different materials or like how do you have you have, can you identify fabrics at this point because you've been doing it for so long uh at the most point yeah i guess so to say i'm not i'm not gonna say i'm like i'm a
0: true expert at identifying you know fabric you know this kind of silk or that kind of silk or this kind sure. of cotton or this twill you know and stuff like that uh but it's literally i like Joanne's, and i'll go up and down the aisle of Joanne's, just you know with my phone, with all my pictures and, you know, just looking to see what I can find that looks similar and stuff like that. And then it's also from, you know, uh, other costume makers as well, you know, given references and, and given their two cents about what they think the, the material is. And and that, that's awesome, man. And and being a part of the community, how we kind of help out each other, it's, it's pretty cool and find out, you know, all those little details. and
1: Oh, yeah. And I'm laughing at the fact that, that's your that's your Jedi power, Mike. As you walk in, you're like, "Oh, that guy's got he has cavalry Twill. I bet you he's a big deal." Um, that which is which is very useful in case you're trying to figure out if someone's undercover. Um, but but yeah. to your, what you just brought up, I think it's a great topic to talk about. This community is so most people, I would say, the majority of the of the community is so great about sharing resources and these yeah. research threads and And I think it's really cool because at the end of the day, of course, there are competitors in terms of who offers different products. And, you know, I don't think there's any single person that makes one single costume that no one else can touch. But it's really cool to see how willing and open this community is to share the research and that no one's really gatekeeping with it because they understand that yeah, there is a certain amount of tenacity that it takes to actually build a business out of this, but also
0: mm-hmm.
1: that we're all fans and that what we're doing is bringing Star Wars to life for our communities. And though it's easy to get hung up on the details, seeing a costume, a person in a Darth Vader costume or seeing Din and walk up with his Beskar helmet and his armor to a kid or to another adult that's a fan of this and see this... Yeah this character walked down the street, it's life-changing. It literally suspends your disbelief and it's so cool. So, I mean, what do you, you know, how, as far as how rewarding this community has been for you, are there, are there, you know, things that you think that we could use more of, or, or do you think that we could, we could focus on just keeping the topics open, sharing references, making each other better for our love of this?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Man. I mean, I try to help out myself as much as I can getting sometimes getting my fabric, I have to source like in bulk, so to say. Right. So when someone say, hey, where'd you get that fabric? You know, I'll, I'll let them know. But you got to have like your tax ID, you know, number and stuff like that to order it and kind of stuff. And there's been times where like, well, hey, can I just buy the fabric? I'm like, sure. You know, you're your model, like, if you just want to buy the fabric from me, here you go. I've, I think I've sent a few fabrics out there where it was you,
1: you know you sent he, me a yeah you sent me yeah, my, my thought, cape yeah yeah you sent me my <laughs> yeah. cape for my din. so but that was super cool of you i know that that some some you know builders would be like ah oh, man i gotta make it for you but you were like yeah how much you know well, give me your height and i'll send you a swatch and i think it, it it shows that obviously you're a costumer first before you're a you know, a yeah. uh, uh, boilerplate business guy, you know, it's like you're, you're <laughs> wanting to see more people excited about building costumes. And I think that comes across in, in your business model for sure.
0: But yeah, man, I, like I said, I, I just, I, the community is so awesome, you know, and, and it's a majority of them. I know there's a few little sticklers out there, but, sure. but I mean, they, they love to help out and I, I, I love seeing that. And, and that's the way I perceive myself too, is I love even though you're going to come to me to make it, I'm happy, to, more enjoyable to make it for you and to be a part of that costume, to to see your costume come together. And, and I love getting stuff. I mean, there's customers that sent me pictures of themselves in their costumes saying, thank yeah. you. And I'm like, I, and I frame them up, man. I frame them up in here. I love it. I love <laughs> it, man. It's, it's so cool. It's so cool. And I, and I love seeing pictures being sent to me via messages and stuff like that. You know of uh, uh, their their costume already built and and oh man, it's it's so cool and I love helping them out and there's a lot of people out there that do the same thing.
1: Well, and another thing that I wanted to ask you too is is you're constantly involved with the charity work that goes on with either fundraising or teaming up with other armor makers and i I think for a lot of people, it's easy for us to really geek out about the costumes because we are such fans of not only this saga. But also mm-hmm. individual characters and how they make us feel. But you find that connective thing between a lot of the costuming clubs and their members is that the charity aspect is something that they never thought they would be as involved in. And, you know, what was, and I know that you said that that was kind of a reason for learning more about why this, you know, the costuming clubs are awesome. But what was it for you that, that kind of said, yeah, I can, I can totally get on board with this because the message is, is one of positivity, and it's one to help our communities.
0: Well, I mean, doing charity stuff has is, is always been a part... Take. Being in the military, you know, we always did a whole bunch of charity stuff like that. So I was always, you know, dabbling in it. Obviously now, you know, doing the costume and stuff like that. To me, it's it's awesome just to see the reaction of... of it. I mean, like I said, most of it's the kids, and, of course, the big kids, the big old smiles <laughs> that they've seen. I mean, I have had this grown man, I was in my Chewbacca coming up, and just, like, literally running full force just to give me a hug and i was like this is so cool you know and it was um it was it, it was really just seeing those and stuff like that bringing the smiles that star wars can bring to you know to everybody was really got me turned on to it i was like man this this is so cool you know just to to have these fans and have these people see us on tv and we can bring that to them and you know, whether they're having a bad day or, you know, in a bad situation and stuff like that, we can definitely bring smiles to them and, and make their day, that day, you know, better for them. And uh I, that that's what I really, really enjoy with is, the charity. Is there and stuff. a
1: troop that is there a troop that you remember specifically that really like left an impact on you that that just really says, you know, there's a, you know, you you think about it and mm-hmm. I always crack up with people because this hobby Mike agree with me on this because I know that you will. Makes no sense for any normal person who wants <laughs> yeah. to have hobbies and you know, you're going, How much do I spend on this? and I wear them how many yeah, times right. a year? Like this <laughs> makes no sense. This is not for normal people. But but you you get those moments that really seem to make all of this. Makes sense. And, and if it affects yeah. just one person, you go, it doesn't matter the cost. This changed this person's life in that moment. Do you have a troupe that you remember? I know that you're a Chewbacca and people obviously react much differently to Chewbacca it's... than they do <laughs> to other characters. But, you know, what? if you have a story that you, you can think of, I'd love to hear it.
0: So there there's was, there was actually two that I like. Uh, there was my very, very first troupe, and it was actually with Kylo Ren. Um, okay. And, and that was my my first troop. is always going to be my memory. And that's where I met um, a good friend of mine, LaVon, who now is my my space mom. <laughs> she, I mean, it, she, she's so, so talented as well. Um, but we did this trip and it was at a library and it was just her and I. And it, and it was just, of course, my first it was just really good to see all the kids really, really enthused about Star Wars and and their smiles you know and i had this one little girl that was just following me wherever i went and she was you know all dressed in black and she they had the foam noodles that were lightsabers yeah. and stuff like that and <laughs> she was like i want to be your apprentice and i had my voice change. i was like yes you know kind of thing and and that that was really really good and and then you know bringing the smiles to the kids faces mm-hmm. was really enjoyable um and, and the second one was uh, Chewy, and, you know, yeah. Chewie's just a lovable character, and then we went to uh, a school, and it was a, a good friend of mine's class, and then just as soon as you walk in, it, it was just, it was nice to see, you know, all the kids smile a, a, again, and, and I mean, honestly, that's what it, i I love my kids and, and stuff like that, and it was good just to bring the smiles to everyone's faces is, is what I'm really, really happy about.
1: I love that did you but build your chewbacca yourself i did most of it
0: uh the 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 mask though i wouldn't even want to try that sure <laughs> i know it's time to me. I i did buy that uh but yeah the the rest of the stuff yeah uh, the the top, the bottoms and then my boots good old uh i like watching adam savage and tested and i saw his his new style boots so i made my boots to him, which was really cool as well. So, and then the bandolier I made myself.
1: Well, people are yeah. going to, people are going to be mad if I, if I don't at least ask you the process of making a Wookiee costume. Is that a, <laughs> I've, I've seen them be mesh, almost like mesh suits and then individually wrung hair. Like what is that process? How the heck do you make that?
0: Yeah, man, that's what it, it starts off with just a mesh shirt and pants. And then uh, you hook and latch each hair. I mean, you get like a pinch of synthetic hair, excuse me. Um and like I so see you just go through not each hole, but you know, it's spaced out and it was about seven months worth of work of hook and latching and hair all over my house. <laughs> you know, after that. <laughs> So my wife was my wife was extremely ex- excited when I was done because she was tired of picking up chewy hairballs. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the is there a golden uh, retriever in the house no 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 that's yeah, a no, that's no, a wookie there, from Kashyyyk. when do we
0: get a dog I'm like, <laughs> oh man that. but yeah it was it was a process it was enjoyable i documented everything and oh my gosh it, it's one of my favorite costumes to wear uh of course everyone loves chewy it's just hard to beat him you know it's it, it, he he's just so so cool and uh and until his day I'm upset because I can't take a picture with chewie because I have to be in the costume right, so everybody else around me is having you know fun with chewy, and I'm just like, man, I want to take a picture with chewie, so I'm waiting for this one day where someone will come dress up in my chewy costume just so I can take a picture with.
1: Them. Oh, that's so funny. well, how tall are you, Mike? I guess we've also got to know that I assume you're not as tall as a wookie
0: no so i'm I'm six foot uh seventy two inches and then with the boots and everything, it puts me right at seven feet, seven one. I think it was last time I okay. measured. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think their minimum requirements is seven foot, uh, seven and then seven four. I mean, I don't know. I've okay. seen some really tall Wookiees.
1: <laughs> sure. Sure. Well, so yeah. I guess you, or, or you go to Batuu, right? You go to galaxy's edge and when you can go and hug Chewy again, you'll at least get a, ah. a picture with Chewy, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Me and my wife went uh, a few months ago, and unfortunately with COVID, they had him up, yeah, in, in you know in the stands or in the little prop area that they had. But it, it was cool. I had like a little moment with him. I was dressed up like a somewhat imperial officer, you know, with my cool. hat and my rank badge and stuff like that. And he saw me, and he did. You know, he looked at his eyes and then pointed at me like he's going to be watching me. I was like, ah, that's pretty cool. I, c- I can have that.
1: Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. awesome. I and so like in, yeah. and for you, like, are are you? One of those people who you know, you go to Batu, and you look at all the costumes and 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 what's really su- what's really quite cool about what they've done at Galaxy's Edge is, you know, they make the 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 characters, the cast members, really look like they they fit into that building. There's there's weathering. There's oh you know, yeah, different yep. roles. I mean, do you look at that stuff and think, man, I got <laughs> you know, if I ever got <laughs> there a corporate is no d- job like this, you know,
0: I made a business trip out of it. I went there and I literally like was looking at the stormtroopers and trying to get as close as i could to them to take pictures of their gaskets and how they attach you know the armor to it and then all the costumes that they had you know i was just there just like doing research and my wife's like are you gonna enjoy the park anytime soon i'm like i gotta do the research i gotta do the research (laughs) it's a moving mannequin (laughs) (laughs) yeah right i don't think i'm ever gonna get this close to anything else i was like come on Uh but yeah we uh, you know eventually enjoyed it and stuff like that but um yeah the the way they did two man oh my gosh it was out of this world it it felt like i was in a star wars show it was it was so cool
1: well i hope that eventually they have a you know i think i think for you know cuz you're obviously familiar you're in florida you're familiar with like the disney bound concept like people who yeah. dress up right right so um <laughs> You know, like how, I mean, and I I see that as an introduction for some people who want to get into sewing. And, and there are a couple of people who release, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, who release their patterns online or or they mm-hmm. do something where people can eventually say, okay, yeah, start with like a tunic that's kind of flowy and, you know, stitch here and stitch here. And I, I could see that that would be kind of an intro for someone to want to build a Star Wars style, not a particular costume so that it doesn't get judged on that same level of character. But I think Batuu Bounding is actually a really... Seems like a cool way to get started. Oh yeah, sewing. yeah. Oh
0: yeah, man. I mean, we went when we went. We did our little imperial officer kind of thing, and then uh after that, I wore like racing shirts. We only did like that, but two bounding one day because uh, it okay. got hot. It got hot real yeah. quick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, man. You see other people out there doing the same thing. It was so cool. um And a funny story is, is me and my wife when we went out there. Uh we were just kind of walking around looking at everything and uh, we had a family come up to us asking, Hey, where, where can we get this at? <laughs> <laughs> or where I, no, I my bad. it was like where are the restrooms at? And then it was the husband that came up and I was like, uh I, I don't know. <laughs> and I don't then work here. The, the, yeah, the <laughs> wife was like, Babe, they they don't work here. look at them. Yes they do, they work. It's <laughs> like uh I was like, "Sir," I was like, "We don't work here. <laughs> We're just visiting." <laughs> and then he kind of just had this shocked face, turned, didn't say anything, turned around, and just walked away.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm laughing because he he thought he thought, well, you know, I'm I'm sitting here in my you know in my dungarees, and yeah. why would anybody else be wearing this if they don't work here?
0: Yeah, I had you know I look like the imperial officer. I had my hat, my rank badge, and everything. Like that. My wife was the same way too. And he's like, well, why would you be dressing up like this? And, you know, it's kind of funny <laughs> to the normal people, you know, you're here wearing that. Why would you be wearing that here at this hot date? Uh, I guess. So. You <laughs> snuck
1: him a business card? Well, check me out. <laughs> you might have heard yeah. of me. <laughs> but, oh That's man, hilarious. me and my wife
0: were cracking up because he was so, like, concerned that we worked there. Like, no.
1: They do work here. <laughs> and then you said, no, we don't. And they said, that's I what they're like, supposed to say. We're on Batu. Yeah. <laughs> they don't acknowledge other parts of the park. You know, like this is yeah, like a 4D right. <laughs> chess game here. Oh, I'm laughing at that. That's oh, awesome. Yeah. Well, Mike, I, I just want to appreciate your time for for st- talking with us. And, you know, the, the podcast is new, so I, I love getting different guests on and people that I've admired since I've been in the costuming community and your work is, is so fantastic. So why don't we wrap this up? We'll do a lightning round and then uh, we'll do a sign off. And how does that sound? All right, let's do it. Let's do it, man. (laughs) All right, let's get a lightning round going. Okay. If you could wear one costume, regardless of cost, what would it be? Uh, my Chewbacca. That's why I made it. <laughs> yeah, that is a good answer. That absolutely yeah. is a good answer. The next question is: Who has better costumes, the good guys or the bad guys? Uh, good, bad guys, definitely. Any particular reason, or you just like the style? I just like the armor.
0: I, I, I you know, I love the stormtrooper armor and stuff like that. Everything everything looks like better
1: <laughs> and you bat for both sides of the team you're chewy and you're short trooper right you're like all, you're, I you're do. stuck in the middle
0: yeah <laughs> yeah you're right
1: mike would you rather have a lightsaber or a blaster at your side
0: oh lightsaber definitely i like the lightsabers
1: you get to live on one planet for the rest of your day what's your pick all star wars universe what's your pick
0: oh man uh I, I i would have to fall with uh tattooing man i just i just like the that i know it's hot but they're gambling and stuff that they did it just looked like a fun planet to be on you know all the stuff that is the, the bartering and everything like that <laughs> it just looks like very very fun
1: <laughs> this is this is saying a little bit about you mike i feel like you're like oh yeah you know i get i like it hot i like it Largely uninhabitable, and I also like to be yeah. able to gamble. So this is good, Mike. Have you been to Vegas? Yeah. I feel like it's the same place. Oh, yeah, right.
0: <laughs> I got weekend so, trips to, to Vegas constantly.
1: <laughs> there, exactly. Yeah the 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 uh, the, the the Hyatt at Moss Eisley. Um, yeah. <laughs> on, on that planet that you just picked on Tatooine, you get to pick one ship from Star Wars to use to get off planet when you got to leave. What ship do you pick?
0: Uh man, I just I know it's just new, but that razor crest, it just it grew on me. I absolutely love the razor crest. The look of it, the inside of it, it was just awesome. I, I love it and I'm so PO'd that they blew it up. I was so mad, dude. So mad that they did that. I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> It was his own character. To me, it was his own character. I, I absolutely loved that Razor Crest dude. It was so cool.
1: Well, you—you you, they made sure that they pre-ordered all of the Hasbro stuff and all the Lego stuff, so everyone already bought it. And then it got blown up <laughs> yeah. in the show, and they said, "Oh yeah, yeah. sorry about that." Yeah, all right. <laughs> well, Mike, thank you again for your time, man. It's been so great to talk to you. Um, I, I, I'm like I said, I am such a big fan of your work, and you run Thanks, a business that's that's commendable it does excellent work the details are there and you're super transparent about it you pretty much check off all my boxes and as someone who's received some of your products i gotta say i vouch for you this is definitely not a sponsorship but more an endorsement of your work so mike I thanks appreciate for being it, on the armor party man we appreciate you where can people find you
0: uh you can find me uh, of course the dark side closet on facebook you can, uh, we actually just got our Instagram going, the Dark Side Closet. And then I have my personal Instagram called the slushiest underscore Amanda. Uh, We got a website coming soon. We just need to get our updated pictures as well. But yeah, man, I, I try my best here. And, and I'm definitely happy to be a part of this community.
1: Well, we're we're appreciative of your talents. And of course, thank you for your service to this country. And more so. Ah, my pleasure. Star Wars is forever. Anything else you got to say, Mike? Hit it, Chewie. Hey. And just like that, our second episode of Armor Party has come to an end. I'm your host, Mike Forrester. Thank you for listening to Armor Party. Armor Party is a part of the Thank the Maker Network. If you're looking for other content, especially in the Star Wars realm, we highly encourage you to give them a listen. You can find Armor Party wherever you listen to podcasts, and find us on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, and now on YouTube. Always remember, being an adult is boring, so you might as well wear some armor.